Welcome back to Becoming Your Best Version. I'm Maria Leonard Olson, author, radio show host, attorney, bunch of other things. You can read the bio. But I am just thrilled because I'm here with one of my dearest friends, Dr. Nicole Cutts. Nicole is a clinical psychologist, success coach, TEDx speaker, author, and media commentator. I've seen her on TV quite a bit. She is very beautiful. So unfortunately, this podcast is not video, but we'll post it on maybe YouTube. She's also an entrepreneur at the helm of Cuts Consulting, an organizational consultancy, and Vision Quest Retreats, through which she helps women clarify and achieve their visions of success. Through her work and book series for women and girls entitled The Adventures of Isabel, Nicole inspires and empowers people to achieve a more balanced and successful lifestyle, whether in a corporate boardroom, classroom, or facilitating a retreat in an exotic location. Nicole enjoys taking audiences to the aha moment, helping them identify blocks, spark a change in attitude and behavior, and ramp up personal success and happiness. Nicole can be seen and heard frequently on TV and radio. She also is a former executive producer and radio show host in Washington, D.C. on WPFW 89.3 FM, where I am a co-host. Nicole received her PhD from the California School of Professional Psychology, LA, where she emphasized, where her emphasis of study was multicultural community clinical psychology. She received her executive coach certification from the Center for Executive Coaching. She also holds a BS in psychology from our vice president's alma mater, Howard University. Woo, woo. So it is with great pleasure and joy that I introduce you to Nicole Cutts. Thank you so much, Maria, for that glowing introduction. All deserved, all deserved. Nicole is, has so many things going at any one time and posts these beautiful nature walks with her beloved dog, Artemis, has quite a fan base, including me, for her nature walks. She must have heard you. She just came upstairs. <laughs> so when I thought about who do I know who is working on becoming her best self, Nicole was at the top of my list. Nicole not only helps herself become her best version, but she also helps so many women, including me, by her work and her example. So my first question, Nicole, is how do you work on becoming your best version? Well, thank you, Maria, for having me on your, your, your podcast. Um, you are just such a natural hostess. Um, you know, you said, one of the things you mentioned, you said, I work on myself and I help other folks to become their best selves. And really the two for me have to go hand in hand because if I'm not, you know, working on myself and keeping myself grounded and being sure that I'm authentic and, you know, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically well, then I can't do anything for other people. So it's really kind of, um, it's a great thing for me that, that it keeps me in check and I really have to be on the beam. Um, and so what I do with myself for myself is 
um, a lot of self-care, a lot of paying attention to what it is that my spirit, my gut tells me that I need. I mean, obviously, because I do success coaching with women, it's a big belief to me that, you know, if we're so blessed that we should do the work that we're passionate about. So I get to do that. Um, you know, I don't believe in wasting time. I mean, even when I go into organizations, I try to help people to connect with what it is they value about the work that they do and really be connected to the mission because I just don't believe that, you know, let's say you work a standard eight hour day. I don't believe you should just be parked there. I, I feel like you should really be, you know, as fully engaged as possible and, and passionate about the work. So I just have to pay attention to what I need and when, you know, when something tells me that's not good for me, something is good for me and then listen to that and try to stay in balance. Balance, really important for everyone, of course. And I notice that you are very good about setting boundaries. Like we, your friends know, like at a certain time, Nicole's in bed, don't call her. <laughs> and, and that's a great example to set and a great way to practice self-care. Yeah. Well, you know, Maria, one of the things I don't talk about a lot, but what happened when I was in grad school, um, I, well, I got sober when I was in graduate school in 1997. And that's when I realized like that I was very obsessive and, you know, worked really hard and, you know, and so the alcohol was really probably a way to help me to relax after going, you know, full force. But when I took that away, I really saw, you know, that I had this driving personality and my dissertation mentor even would say, you know, you don't have to finish right in the, you know, five year mark, you know, people take, I was like, no, I have to, you know, have to, have to. And I was driving, 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 and um, I got sick, you know, I was very tired. I was having a regular heart. Anyway, it turned out that I um, had hyperthyroidism. And I know that it was brought on by the level of stress that my body was experiencing that I was not used to. And so after I um, was treated for that, you know, um, I ended up, now I have to take uh, synthetic thyroid hormone. And, um, but the other things I have to do are eat properly, get rest, get exercise. Um, so it, it helps me in a way, you know, and it's not so sensitive that I can't, you know, get off a little bit, but it's definitely, there is that boundary where if I, cause I have, you know, attempted to go into that driving place again and not listen to myself, you know, oh yeah, I can do it, you know, or like, well, Maria does it, you, you know, you can be like, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I'm serious or any number of people that I, I know who who work like that and and I've had to realize like no your body tells you when you need to stop you know and I'm not if I'm not enjoying it because I'm so exhausted then I'm I'm heading down the wrong path and I have to pull myself back so yeah setting boundaries is very important um, for my health and for my well-being and I connect it to my mission mm -hmm. it, it's not just for me right? If I am not taking care of myself and keeping the channel clean, then I can't help other people. So it just doesn't even make sense to sacrifice to an individual when it's going to mean that across the board, I'm going to be depleted. 
Very good way of putting it. Yes. I have to watch out because I'm addiction addicted to busyness mm -hmm. and I find it difficult to even chill and watch a television show without mm -hmm. also reading a magazine, doing my nails, reading a book, yeah. planning my calendar, that sort of thing. So yeah. I have to keep that in check as well. Yeah. yeah. And I hear you. That's very important. Yeah, so, it's like any addiction, you know, it's a distraction really from your basic self, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I'm always, you know, on the lookout for. Um, when I go for my walks in the afternoon, I try, you know, as much as I can to keep that a pure time for what that's for. You know, if I'm on the path and I'm tempted to, to make a call or take a call or temp or even obsess about whatever it is I'm working on, I say no, and I reground myself. I say my prayers and meditation because it's very important to to really be in those moments and and experience yourself because everything else is this noise and chatter. And if you don't listen truly to your authentic voice and and your higher power's voice, then you're not in alignment. Right. And the testament to me of your being present when you are on your walking meditations or your nature walks is you find more creatures on the same paths that I walk than I have ever even imagined lived there. Yeah. Yeah. You see them. When you're you quiet, them. when you're observant. Yeah. And exactly. And that's what I, and even if I'm, and I try to vary my walk so that it does, I don't just become habituated to it. But another thing that I'll do is just choose to look more closely, to really be there, right? Because it's so easy to not be where we are and to just be up in our heads. I mean, our bodies might be there, but we're not there. So I really try to focus. Like I literally do some walk meditation. Like I pay attention to my feet on the ground. I look at the trees. I contemplate the flowers, the animals. I went on a walk one time with my sister on the canal and she was like speed walking. And I'm like, I, I, I can't see any of my critters. <laughs> you know I mean? Literally, I was like, I like to stop and look at animals. And she was just flying down the path. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we were on the return path. Uh, we went on the upper trail on the return path. We did come across this turtle. It was this beautiful, like painted boxed. Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. And I thought that was a good symbol, like of slowing down. Absolutely. A little message for your sister there. Right. And she loves <laughs> turtles. So we stopped and we took pictures with him and everything. Oh, I love it. I love it. So you call yourself a success coach. Yeah. Why did you choose that title? I chose that title because um, that's my main focus and concern is helping uh, people, but most specifically women, to become successful and by successful, my definition of that is living your vision of success for your life's work. So there are these definitions embedded in definitions for your life's work and your vision. Your vision to me has to be something that is um, giving something to the world. You know, some people's definition of success might be a lot of money or just being at the top of, you know, a corporate ladder. But if there's not true passion, joy, and no intention for anyone but themselves or their ego, that leaves me very flat. So mm -hmm. to me, my definition of success is doing work that you're passionate about, doing it well, making a living from it, 
and that that work um, makes a contribution to the world and that you want it to, right? I mean, work we do could make a contribution incidentally, but that you're connected with that intention. And the other reason why I call myself a success coach is because too often I've had people say to me, oh, so you're a life coach. And I say, no, I'm not a life coach. I'm a, you know, I'm a clinical psychologist and I'm a success coach. I'm not interested in like, you know, oh, you know, my house, I want to get my house together. I mean, those things are, are important and they're related, but I am mainly focused on your success for your life's work and your vision. Beautiful. So what if you have a client that uh, is very passionate about something, but it's not a lucrative uh, passion? How do you help them sort through making a living from something that's really hard to make a living from? Well, I think that you can make a living from most things if you are creative, you know, and as Joseph Campbell said, you know, follow your bliss and the money will, will come. Um, so, I mean, that's not an exact quote, but you get the point. But the, the idea is that also what is lucrative, right? There are so many people who, again, back to that success thing, who think that they have to make more money than they really need to make. Well, that's true. You know, so, and I'm not saying, well, just do this work and just expect that you're going to be, you know, living, you know, paycheck to pay. Not that, but at the same time, it's helping people to, again, get in alignment. What really is enough for you? What is your fear if you aren't making the kind of money that you would be making as a CEO? Um, are you happy now doing that? If so, you know, why are we having this conversation? That's but, success, yeah. Then let's look at some different um, pictures that, that could work for you. And, and also, you know, you might not make the same thing you're making now right away, but you build to it. So it just depends on where people are. Some, there are some people who literally can end one thing today and start something tomorrow or be doing nothing and start something new. Everybody has different circumstances, but... For most people, it's typically, I help them to build a bridge and a plan from where they are now to there. So if you realize, okay, I need this much money to live, to survive, to start this business, and you're in a, in a lucrative profession now, well, then we need to talk about how much you're going to save to be able to do that. Um, you know, so I don't recommend, you know, it's not like, oh, money doesn't matter. We need money to eat, to live, to take care of ourselves. But we also need to look at really how much do we need for our basic um, pleasure and needs. That's true. And I think that the pandemic gave us all an opportunity to see how we can easily get by on less. We don't have to go to the store as much. We can start using the things sitting in our pantries. Yeah. Things, I hope that everyone will come out of the pandemic a better version, less materialistic, and more focused on yeah. what really matters. Yeah, yeah. It's I a, wish for the a, world. Yeah, it's a good intention. I also very much enjoy your books. And Nicole has written what is going to be a trilogy. And I've read books one and two, eagerly waiting for book three to come out. And will you tell our listeners a bit about the adventures of Isabel? I would be happy to. Um, so The Adventures of Isabel is a fairy tale about an adventurous princess. Yes, her name is, is Isabel. And um, 
in book, it, you're right, it's a trilogy. Um, in book one, we meet her. It's her formative years growing up in the palace. Um, it's a different kind of fairy tale to the ones that you or I read as, as children, Maria. You know, um, I... I didn't see enough of a representation of the type of princess or hero that or heroine that I would want to be when I was a young girl. Mm -hmm. And so this is geared toward young adult to adult women um, because I love reading, you know, young adult literature also. And so, you know, she goes through trials and tribulations. It, it is a heroine's quest, you know, so the beginning she's in the known world, the safety of the palace, you know, and, there's a struggle between what's expected, the social norms, and, and who she really feels that she is. That's, you know, she's adventurous. And um, then she receives her first major call to adventure toward the end of book one, which launches her out on that, that journey, on that adventure. More trials, more tribulations, um, defeats, love, you know, all those good things, meeting mermaids, fighting with pirates, you know, the as we do every day. <laughs> Um, and now in book three, she it's called Return to Ixamica because that's the kingdom from which she she comes and is you know uh, the princess royale of. Um, and so book three, which is I'm completely it's in its raw form. I'm I haven't even gotten the first draft down. I've been writing every morning. I get up and I write for an hour. I have stacks of yellow legal pads and I write by hand, I type it in, I write some more, I type. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, but I have to get down a full first draft and then I'll go through again and again and again and, and clean it up. But my, my intention for the book is it is geared mainly toward women, as I said, young adult women on up um, to see a different representation of, of womanhood. It also, the other purpose is it's sprinkled throughout with um, names and places and references to um, female deities and real life heroines from a global perspective. So that's the other thing I wanna show um, because in, in my experience, you know, growing up in this Judeo-Christian world, the imagery of female deities, goddesses, et cetera, is very limited. Mm -hmm. very very limited I mean you I don't have to tell you we grew up in the same sort of environment um but but that's not true on a global scale and it's not true when you look at religion and mythology from the beginning of time until now and so I've gone on my own search for those images and stories and um so what I'm thinking archetypes and so I I, and I get to continue to do that. That's one of the things that I enjoy so much about writing the book is as I'm creating characters and I think about their personalities, then I can think of, you know, what sort of goddess figure um, do they represent? What type of archetype do they represent? And then I can go looking in all different cultures. So I bring in from, you know, like I said, a very global perspective. And I do have a glossary in there. So you don't just have to see a name and go, Huh? But you can <laughs> you can go to my blog and there's a an entry there where you can learn about the major and the minor characters 
I love it. I love it. And I love how you do intergenerational readings with your books and your TEDx talk, which I attended, was about the heroine's quest, which Mm -hmm. is weaved or it is the plot of this book series. So I love that. So I like to keep these uh, podcasts short, like having coffee with a friend. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners about um, becoming your best version, whether it's something you've learned on your journey or something you've suggested to a client that has been helpful? The first thing I suggest to everybody is to pay attention. Pay attention. Get quiet and go inside and listen to yourself, your core self, because as a coach, I see myself as a helper on that heroine's quest. You know, that's a part of those stories. And I'm a helper, but I don't tell you what to do or what's best for you. That has to really come from inside of you. And I help to facilitate that. So whether it's your health or whether it's your work or relationships, I believe we really do have the answers inside of us. And when we get quiet and we pay attention, that's the first step. And then to honor whatever you hear. Great advice from a very wise woman that I am so blessed to have in my posse of friends. So thank you so much for spending some time with us today. It is Dr. Nicole Cutts. You can learn more about her work at cuttsconsulting.com. She has lots of terrific offerings. If you need a success coach in life or want a really good read, Take a look at her website and you will find an abundance of riches. And don't forget visionquestretreats.com. Ah, yes, which is definitely in the show notes. Thank you for that. There are some really good retreats that you could sign up for as well, domestic and international. (laughs) So my friends, let's all go out and become our best versions. Have a great rest of your day.